0: Love is amazing, but it's also
1: bullshit, and it might also get you murdered. Welcome to the first episode of Love is Amazing, but it's also bullshit and could get you murdered. For anybody who uh, is, uh, wants to know what this podcast is about, which is pretty much anybody listening since this is the first episode, mm-hmm. this is going to be a true crime podcast focusing on crimes and murders that stem from relationships. So I I think like ninety percent of the cases we want to do are going to be married people murdering each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, first off, let me introduce uh, the producer and my really good friend and um, my brother-in-law. Ex brother-in-law. <laughs> Ex brother-in-law. All right. Let's not go into that shit. All right. But um. Uh, Nick Luna, who is like absolutely phenomenal with, uh, he's just a technical whiz kid.
0: Hey, hey, how's everyone doing?
1: Everyone's, who knows, (laughs) it's a podcast. Some people might be like pretty fucked up. They probably saw the title of this and been like, I just broke up with my girlfriend. What is this stuff about? Anyway, a little bit about why I'm doing this podcast. I watch a lot of true crime to the point Where it's sort of ruining my life. (laughs) Like, I've been on dates where, like, uh, that ended prematurely because I said stuff like that would be an interesting place to hide a body. Like, I've had, like, conversations where we've been talking about, like, YouTube videos. and And she would be telling me about, like, a YouTube video about, like, a monkey and a cat. And how, like, the monkey will pick up the cat and take it places, like, you know, like an animal friendship. Oh, it's precious. Yeah, that would be, like, her favorite video. So I'd be like, my favorite video is about the uh, Bjork stalker, (laughs) (laughs) a.k.a. uh, Ricardo Lopez, who um, stalked Bjork, obviously. But um, while he was stalking Bjork, he also filmed all of it. And it's all on YouTube, and it's pretty fucking bananas,
0: absolutely bananas. yeah that story is crazy
1: yeah he buys this camera this was in the 90s in florida obviously Match. yeah and he decides that he wants to send bjork a box full of aids blood <laughs> and what's what's going to happen is she's going to open it and the the aids blood um, goes in her face but his flaw was he um didn't have any access to AIDS blood. <laughs> it's kind of It was kind of hard to come by, especially in the 90s. So he decided to do with acid instead. So he um, got some acid. Uh, he actually did a pretty good job, except what happened was he ended up um, killing himself, and then the cops found it. And then he like confessed to everything in a suicide note, and then they found the package before he could get to Bjork. The point is... Everything I just said, I said to that girl when she asked me about my favorite YouTube video. So, it's it's just a passion of mine. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, kind of morbid, and uh, sometimes I'm ashamed of myself. But I can't help myself. <laughs> I, uh, I really want to um, talk about it. And, uh, and one of the reasons I'm deciding to do a podcast where the... Uh, the crime stem from relationships is because I've noticed watching, you know, all this like true crime stuff. It's it's the only motive where like absolutely 100% normal people snap. Mm-hmm. When like Jeffrey Dahmer, like when people found out that he was trying to like turn people into zombies, everyone was like,
0: yeah. Yeah, of course.
1: The guy was <laughs> looking inside his pets for, for for his entire childhood. Of course, he would try to make a sex zombie, you know? But um, as far as, like, relationship goes, I mean, you know, like, for the most part, there are, like, red flags. But it's, it's also, like, the only thing that I think, like, you know, all the cards are off the table. That's not a saying. All the cards are off the table? That's not a saying.
0: All the cards are on the table?
1: Oh No, um... <laughs> No, that's not it either. It's uh, all bets are off. All
0: bets. The, the, are... <laughs> the, the, the cat's out of the bag.
1: That's not what I was meant to say. I think it. I think it was all bets are off. All bets are off when it comes to love. So let's begin with our first case. We we have no sponsors. You know, uh, Blue Apron does not pay for this podcast we may have a website at one point on squarespace yeah who knows because apparently you can uh it's really easy to set up apparently yeah
0: start your own business yeah shop store or blog yeah
1: i was thinking i i live in jersey city and there's a there's a wig shop on newark ave i was going to see if they wanted to pitch in you know maybe uh what's that bar that you live by Gui.
0: oh Gios.
1: Gios. yeah yeah yeah
0: well, well, the wig shop would be good because it'd be like, this is a
1: podcast about people wigging out over love. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> or, or it would be a good one be like, did you just kill your significant other? Need to get away? Have a wig. <laughs> you know if, if 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 your hair was red, you' totally get away with it. <laughs> okay, so our first case is a story of Daniel Wozniak. not to be confused. With the guy who helped start Apple, Um, not that Wozniak. Not that guy? Nope, not that guy. Steve Jobs has nothing to do with with this case, as we know now. Okay, yes, it would be interesting if we like were like amateur detectives and there was some like L.A. Confidential shit going on. But um, no, uh, Daniel Wozniak, he's not a computer genius. He is a Unemployed actor from uh, California, so couldn't be more opposite. <laughs> <laughs> In May 2010, Wozniak murdered two people as part of a plan to steal money from one victim. The money was going to be used to pay for his upcoming wedding and honeymoon. Fancy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so i mean um right off the bat this story is um just fucking bananas yeah no yeah. It's, it's crazy i mean you've been you've been married Nick. so what's the craziest thing you would have done to make sure that your wedding happened
0: not make my wife angry
1: yeah so <laughs> yeah so that's like that's a good normal response wozniak uh beat you because he murdered two people he murdered two people and um you know this was a pretty ambitious case for for our first podcast but the reason i picked it was uh number one there was so much like footage and stuff on there and like you know i'm i'm a novice on on researching these types of stories so it made it easy to like find sound clips and sound bites And they'll figure out exactly what happened. Um, And the other reason is, uh, this guy is an incredible douchebag. (laughs) He's just, like, really, really terrible. And especially considering that the people he killed were, like, the greatest people.
0: Yeah, it seems like they were quite nice people.
1: Yes. um, One of them was an army vet who did uh, three tours in Afghanistan. Who is just described as, like, one of the nicest dudes ever like a, a super loyal friend you know will go to bat for anyone and uh the other person her name is julie and we're gonna get to her in a second but uh you can bet your bottom dollar that she is like she probably would have been the best person you ever known so yep daniel wozniak he's um he's the most diabolical all right daniel was a uh, very prominent in local community theater in uh, orange county and in the community theater he met rachel buffett all right, so I just got to give a little disclaimer that I'm pretty bad with names. <laughs> it looks like Buffett. Might be Buffet. Might be Buffet. I've, I've seen this, uh, I've seen like several hours of clips and uh, I still might mispronounce a lot of names.
0: Yeah, that's okay. Don't worry about okay. it. Yeah.
1: All right. But anyway, Rachel Buffet buffet or whatever. She meets Dan in the in the theater community, and they uh, and Dan kind of pursues her, and uh, Rachel she's super hot.
0: How hot is she?
1: uh hot enough to murder two people no (laughs) she's uh she no i mean that's there's no excuse obviously for that uh she's super good looking and um you know like coming off in the interviews she seems pretty genuine like basically what i'm saying is like uh daniel i mean this girl was was a catch was no excuse Mm -hmm. It's no excuse to do what he did but dude, I don't, I don't want to say that there's a part of me that understands because that's some like crazy sociopath. No, no, absolutely not. But, you know, it, it's just one of those, like, if you ever seen like, you know, those L.A. noir movies, like you see the femme fatale and you're like, I get why someone can murder someone over her, you know, <laughs> like you understand that, but... This is not a detective flick from the 40s. <laughs> this, this was is real life. This is in 2010. Uh, two years after the, um, the, uh, the big short happened. So, whatever. 2010. What was I...
0: What were you doing in 2010?
1: Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> I am Daniel Wozniak. <laughs> uh, no, no. Um, so, Daniel and Rachel moved in together. And they're both struggling actors in Los Angeles. They're not even, like, in Los Angeles, Los Angeles. They're in the OC. So they're just, like, on the peripheral of, like, where careers really take off. (laughs) And they're getting married. And, like, you know, good for them. Except they're broke. And uh, one of the people in Dan's apartment complex was a dude named Sam Hare, which we mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sam Hare, once again, he was a war vet three years overseas uh he suffered from ptsd he suffered from uh night terrors
0: oh no yeah Those sound terrible
1: no i mean it, it was and uh that's a little thing called um foreshadowing that's going to play a key role later in the podcast sure so um, lay it on me yeah not exactly like a, a tarantino thing more like a just a literature Thing. Sure. They do that all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. They do that in books and things. <laughs> okay, books and things. Okay, so Sam Hare was a student at Orange Coast College, and that's where he met our next person in the story, Julie. Fuck. Cab- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kabushi. Okay. Kab- 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 Kabuishi. 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 <laughs> anyway, um, she's twenty-three years old at the time in two thousand ten. She was uh, born on Valentine's Day, which is um, romantic. Yeah, in in all the TV shows and stuff, they they say it's like she's the Valentine's Day baby. That's Mm. what her mom calls her. She's a dancer and just like a really sweet girl. She's like one of the. I heard one story in in, and one thing where uh, she'll like if you flew in and you landed at an airport at three o'clock in the morning and you called up. Julie, mm-hmm. she would leave and, like, pick you up at, like... Which is crazy, yeah, you know, because... Yeah, I, I would never do that. No, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you could be a totally decent person and still be, like, fuck off. <laughs> and still be a decent person. Yeah. So she went above and beyond what what being a good person is. And, once again, it's, it's just one of those things where, like, when you consume a lot of, like, true crime stories and podcasts, sometimes... Uh, there's a victim, and you hear like the backstory of the victim, and you're like, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: like, when, <laughs> <laughs> like when they get,
1: when they get murdered, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> like I wanna be like the, the, what he did was horrible, but like oh god, like you know like what he just
0: no, I get it exactly, yeah, yeah.
1: you know, but um, no, but she
0: was not this, but
1: she was not that. She was like you know volunteer at soup kitchen, you know, like, cradle, you know, kids with malaria in her arms. I I don't know if any of that's true, but, like, that's the...
0: (laughs) That's the caliber of person that she was. She was,
1: yes. So, on May 21st, 2010, Julie is driving over to help her brother, Taka, who is getting married. So, she says goodbye to her mom. She goes over to, like, I think Taka was having, like, a little celebration party. And... Uh, Taka asks Julie to be a bridesmaid, which he, like, readily agrees to. The whole night, Sam Hare, her friend, has been texting Julie. And there were, like, really weird fucking text messages. There were, like, stuff like, Can you come over tonight at midnight alone? And... I'm very upset. Need to talk.
0: And... Please. No sex. I need to talk. And then Julie texts with... 101. Ooh. No, Sam- I... I it's L O L. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do it again. L O L. Ooh, Sam, we're like bro and sis. And yeah, that's fine, Sam. I'm here for you, like family.
1: Yeah. So okay, that was good. So yeah, so like, so like, uh, uh, she's getting all these weird text messages from Sam, and it's it's really weird that he says something like no sex because Sam was li- just this like really gentle soul who was like who would never propose that they had this like completely 100% plutonic relationship so um basically what happens is julie agrees to go over to uh sam Hare's apartment so after the party for taka she uh she drives over there she texts her brother says i'm here i'm okay no big deal and uh her brother just leaves thinking that you know everything's fine the next day, um, Julie's mom could not get in touch with her. And she's kind of freaking out. So she's calling the police and saying, I can't get in touch with my daughter. And the police are going like, she's 23. She's probably on Molly or something. <laughs> you know, she's, she's, she's probably on shrooms, like, re- like looking at a, a Dolly portrait. Don't worry about it. This shit happens. And then her mom's like, you don't know my daughter. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> something happened to her so people are freaking out also at the same time this is happening sam's father who is named steve uh also can't get in touch with sam so sam was supposed to be at some type of like get together or something like that he can't get in touch with her so what he ends up doing is driving to sam's apartment steve sam's father walks into sam's apartment and he sees a dead body dun, dun, dun. yeah and the dead body is julie and uh, he ends up calling 911. So, um, wanna. Play yeah, the yeah, 911 let, clip? let me
0: hit that soundbite. Okay.
1: There's a body in my son's apartment. There's a what? A body. A dead body. A dead body? Is it someone that you know,
2: sir? I have no idea
1: who he
2: is. But I don't know what's going on. Does your son know who it is? He's not here. Jesus,
1: honey. Do you know where your son is? No, I don't. Stan's father, Steve, walks in, finds the body, calls 911. He's clearly frantic but he gives all the relative uh information that is needed to send over police which is essentially there's a dead body yeah i mean (laughs) mean, you don't need much more yeah
0: he's like this is what i see yeah there's a dead body here my son's not here yeah
1: but i mean obviously it must have been like god damn it i mean could you imagine like going to a friend's house you know a a dead person no matter what in any circumstance is unsettling, but it's like a young woman who, in your son's apartment, who looks like it, she's been assaulted in a sexual manner is, um, God damn it! I mean, that what must be really fucking disturbing, obviously. I could imagine. So, Sam's father, Steve, the way he finds Julie is, uh, her pants are ripped, they're, they're pulled down, uh, she's still wearing the tiara that her, uh, brother Taka gave to her. And on her shirt, someone wrote, All yours, fuck you. So, um... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's quite the nightmare.
0: Oh, God.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, that's absolutely horrible. But, while most people would see something and be like, Oh, this body was found in so-and-so's apartment, so-and-so must be involved. This was his father. So his his father didn't want to believe that Sam had anything to do with it. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, But that's not what it looked like to everyone else. So, uh, Julie had been shot twice in the head, and uh, that's what killed her. So, automatically, Sam was the prime suspect. You know, which was shocking to a lot of people because uh, Julie thought of Sam as kind of like this big brother type, and Julie tutored Sam in uh, anthropology and uh, stuff like that. And you know, so it just seemed like uh,
0: it didn't seem like it fit.
1: Yeah. Well, it, you know, it, it seemed like it fit to it, everyone. Yeah. But except to like the people that like that were in, in the Julie's inner, inner circle. Yeah. You know. As they're going through Sam's background, it's becoming more and more uh, apparent to them mm-hmm. that Sam was involved somehow. First off, uh, where the fuck is he? He he can't be found. That's like super, you know, suspicious right off the bat. He also suffers from PTSD, which is like, you know, maybe he uh, woke up from a bad dream and Night terror. Night terror, and then text Julie, and then killed her. That doesn't make any sense. Can you do? You can't do that in your sleep. I've heard of people sleepwalking and murdering someone, but you can't text someone in your sleep.
0: I don't think you can. I don't yeah. think that's possible. All
1: right, so I mean, uh, I don't know what that had to do with anything, but, <laughs> but they found Julie's phone in Sam's apartment, and uh, they found all the text messages that Sam texted Julie. And, and here's like the, uh, the frosting on the cake for, you know, a homicide detective. Uh, police found out that uh, when Sam was 18 years old, he was involved in a gang murder, but found not guilty. So this coupled with the PTSD, like they had no doubt mm-hmm. that, that uh, Sam was the dude. Police were like 100%. They're like, uh, Steve did this he has like a murder uh well not a murder conviction but like a, a murder allegation is past the dude was trained by the US he was over in Afghanistan the, you know this guy just snapped and killed his friend and every the police were convinced that wasn't convinced though because the dad was Like, you know, I know my son, my son's a loyal guy, he would would never do this. So, basically, the father and the police were on this race to find where Sam was, but for different reasons. Like, the father wanted to find where Sam was to, like, get an explanation, but the police wanted to know where Sam was to, like, arrest him for murder. So... Uh, they're both kind of like doing a lot of um, investigation work. Sam and his father, Steve, owned a joint bank account. Uh, Steve found out that Sam used his ATM card, and it was being used about 17 miles away from the crime scene at an ATM, uh, and it was also used as, at a pizza parlor. And um, uh, at the ATM, they were taking out the maximum limit, which is 400 bucks. One thing that uh, the police could do that sam's father couldn't do was they could actually get footage from the atm camera so uh they get the footage and expecting to see sam but what they end up seeing is a uh 17 year old kid basically like a teenager with like a ball cap and a hoodie and he looks i mean dude looks sketchy but he also looks like just a 17 year old kid you know all 17 year olds are, are sketchy in some way or another so so the cops kind of stake out the atm And they stake out the pizza parlor where the ATM was also used, hoping they would find this guy. And while they were doing that, they were also talking to, like, Sam's inner circle. And they talked to Rachel and Dan, uh, Dan Wozniak and Rachel uh, (laughs) (laughs) All-You-Could-Eat-Sushi-Buffet. And uh, they told the police that they saw Sam the day before the murder on Friday and said he was with a man wearing a black hat. (laughs) <laughs> uh so uh clearly not criminal masterminds of any means yeah. because that's just uh fucking idiotic that they'll be like yeah might as well be like uh he's with a guy with you know white paint on and a purple suit i think they call him the joker you know like just come on Is it black hat seriously <laughs> anyway um on may 26 2010 cops Finally, bust the person. the okay. Let me backtrack a second. They went to the pizza parlor uh, where the ATM, where Sam's ATM card was used, and they talked to the dude. And the dude was like, "I think I know who you're talking about. I think I know who used that card." So the police followed that tip, and on May 26, 2010, the cops bust 17-year-old Wesley Frelick, <laughs> Fre- <laughs> Re- Wesley Freelick, Wesley F- Freelick. Uh, yeah, free free lick, free lick, like Chick Fil A. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> to do my research, uh, I watched the Dateline special, along with doing several other things, because I'm a, you know, I'm a very I'm a good research person. Yeah,
0: you're an astute journalist. Yes,
1: yes, exactly. But uh, on Dateline, they interview this kid, and this kid is a uh, fucking hilarious. Uh, do we have a clip? We do have a clip. All right, let's hear it now.
2: Okay. Cops arrested him, but according to Wesley, he had absolutely no clue why. Then police showed Wesley a photo.
1: And immediately when I saw myself at that ATM, I literally knew what what had happened.
2: Detectives wanted answers. What was Wesley doing with that ATM card? Initially, he kind of portrayed to us, don't know what you're talking about. I, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, once the gravity of the situation was explained to him, uh, he had to change of demeanor. The cops told Wesley his pizza delivery had landed him in the middle of a murder investigation and manhunt. They believed Wesley was hiding Sam Hare, possibly inside the house. Once we told him it was involving a homicide, he immediately started crying.
1: Sitting in front of officers of the law, handcuffed, I'm obviously, literally. I'm sorry, I can't say this other G-rated, but my balls were inside of me. I was <laughs> myself, and I was nervous
0: as
2: all hell. Wow, uh, yeah, Wesley, man.
1: Wesley, his balls were inside of him. He knows that this is a GP program, but he was fucking terrified, <laughs> and his balls were inside of him. <laughs> <laughs> he just like he looks like you're like any like high school '90s movie like Clueless or 10 Things You Hate About You, he is the perfect, like, skateboard uh, stoner dude who who only has a minor part. Yeah, like he just wanted to deliver the pizza. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He has no serious story arc. (laughs) <laughs> you know he like he just like he he shows in and out for like comic relief yeah he's and
0: he's like the skater love interest guy in clueless
1: exactly yeah <laughs> we're we're like we're like you know that, that's kind of a happy ending for that dude he quits pot yeah because clearly pot is a gateway drug yeah
0: and then he becomes an amazing skateboarder amazing
1: skateboarder yeah yeah um you know uh britney murphy totally couldn't do any better at that point. At that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Brittany Murphy. Uh, rest in peace. That might be a good, um, a good one to do later. Sure. Did they do a Dateline on her? Well, it was just like really weird. Like it just she just ended up dead, and then like her, the person she lived with ended up dead, and like in the same manner. It didn't seem like there was any foul play, but it was one of those things where it was like, it's like you know the theories about like britney murphy or like the same like type of theories that the cia killed Marilyn monroe because fucking john f kennedy couldn't stop yapping Mm -hmm. about you know cuba or something anyway we get off we get off track (laughs) so they pick up this kid wesley and at first he was your typical teenager like What are you doing? You you know, I didn't do anything. You know, and then the cops were like, "We got you on video. Stop being an idiot." And then Wesley started immediately crying. Apparently, (laughs) (laughs) which is the appropriate reaction. You know, I'm fifteen years older than that guy, and I would have started crying way earlier than he did. And then, uh, and then he finally said, "What happened?" Um, which is Wesley did not know Sam and he did not know the guy who owned his card, but he did know Daniel Wozniak. This is where he comes back into the story. Um, Daniel Wozniak told Wesley that he worked for a Bale's Bondman a Bale's Bond Bondsman. One Bale's Bondsman. Bale bondman. Bales, mo- bondsman. <laughs> Bale's Bondsman. Bale's Bondsman. <laughs> Bale's Bondsman.
0: Bale's <laughs> Bondsman. And Bale Bondman. Whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever,
1: <laughs> whatever. <laughs> whatever. It, it, you know, if we're going to stop every time I mispronounce something, this podcast is going to be like six hours long. No, 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 it's endearing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so so basically, Daniel told Wesley that he worked for a bail person and needed a third party to take out money from Sam's account for legal reasons. Uh, clearly, an um, idiotic... Uh, reason, But he was talking to a 17-year-old kid.
0: Yeah, pizza delivery guy.
1: No, he wasn't a pizza delivery guy. He wasn't? No, what what happened was Dan was like, take out this money. And if you do this for me, you could also buy some pizza. Isn't that worth committing a felony? And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and then uh, Wesley said, I'm 17 years old. I have no idea what you're talking about. But my balls are in my body. And I'm fucking terrified. And Daniel's like, good, give me the money. And, you know, and Daniel said, Daniel Wozniak said this was all due to, like, paperwork reasons. Now, um, the reason why Wesley trusted uh, Dan Wozniak was that uh, Wesley knew Dan Wozniak as a acting teacher. Uh, Daniel Wozniak was, along with being an actor, he was also a director in a lot of youth community theater and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, everyone loved this guy. Everyone, you know, loved this dude. And, uh, you know, it goes back to what I'm saying about how love is one of those motives where, like, absolutely normal people can snap. You know, like, no one thought that this guy was capable of murder, you know, like, I guess there were, were a couple red flags. Like, for example, he was an actor.
0: Naturally. In
1: L.A. And all, <laughs> and all of them were sociopaths. You ever seen Grizzly Man? Yes. <laughs> yes, that guy was from Los Angeles. And uh, that's what happens when you're in Los Angeles for too long. You decide, out of the fucking blue, you need to protect the bears, which are already protected by the government. Anyway... Um, you basically go insane. Uh, so Wesley described Dan as, like, a mentor. And then I have down, taking notes, I have down, kill your mentors. What I, I think I meant to write, like, isn't there a saying, kill your heroes? Or uh, kill...
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Well, anyway, that saying should have applied to this guy. You shouldn't have actually killed him, but, you know, at least ignore your mentors or something. I don't know. Every Everybody's just out for themselves in, in the long <laughs> run. <laughs> so so the police end up picking up Wesley. While all this is happening, Sam's father talks to uh, Dan. Like Sam's father is conv- conducting his own little investigation. And he's talking to people in the inner circle of uh, of Sam and Dan with one of Sam's friends. And he talks to Dan. And Dan says the last time he saw Sam... Uh, was like the day before Julie's body was found. And he said that he was nervous saying Sam was talking about family problems. And that's when Steve, Sam's father, knew that Dan was dirty. He's a dirty son of a bitch. You know, I mean, it, Sam's father is like, he's he's like, uh, I would compare him to like, like Bud White from L.A. Confidential?
0: Or like maybe Dirty Harry?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, but he's not hes not <laughs> he, shooting anybody. Yeah, but... But but Bud White. Yeah, so not Bud White either. Um, who's someone who's really involved but doesn't kill anyone? Well, I mean, mm. no one, I guess. Uh,
0: detective Movies. Um, maybe
1: he's like, uh, you know... Who, who are the people... Oh, like Bang Bang, Kiss Kiss.
0: Maybe he was like Bad Lieutenant, but not like a bad lieutenant and just like a normal lieutenant.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry like I can't that doesn't make any sense <laughs> well you know the movie
0: Bad Lieutenant yeah what, 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 you,
1: but he's not going around like, like pulling girls over and then jerking off to them like saying like well, yeah, what, what so- type of face do you make when you suck a dick Okay, okay, so maybe not like that. <laughs> Yeah, most definitely not. Like You couldn't be more opposite like so, bad so, lieutenant. So the antith-
0: uh, antithesis... Antithesis. Uh, antithesis.
1: Is my speech impediment contagious or something? Uh,
0: I think so. Antithesis <laughs> of the bad lieutenant. Can we agree oh, on the op-
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's what you meant? Yep, mm. that's what I meant. Well, anyway... <laughs> What we're trying to say is, um... Sam's father is a stand-up dude. Uh... So, the police thought that... At first, the police thought... That Dan Wozniak was protecting Sam. That was their first indication when Wesley spilled the beans... That uh, Dan was the one who gave Wesley Sam's card. Um... Let me say that again, because I even confused myself with that (laughs) statement. When Wesley said that it was Dan Wozniak that gave him Sam's card, the police thought that Dan Wozniak was protecting Sam Hare. That was their first um, intuition. So they ended up picking up Dan Wozniak at his bachelor party, Which was at a sushi place.
0: (laughs) Dun-dun-dun.
1: Dun-dun-dun. So, talk about fucking classy. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I mean,
0: that's that's classy. I would do a bachelor party at a sushi place. I guess. I mean,
1: you know, I just eat at such low-class sushi places. I can't, like, you know. There's
0: varying scales of sushi. I
1: guess. Like, maybe he was eating sushi off a naked woman.
0: I don't know how like, hygienic that would be, but, you know, there's places that are nice, you know, like...
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, like, I would assume if it's... A, if you're eating sushi off a naked body, like, they at least use a little, like, you know, you know, uh, I, I don't know, um...
0: Antibacterial like, or
1: b- Body wash. Yeah, I think it's more for
0: the novelty than anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's in all the Japanese gangster movies. Mm. There's always a scene, like, okay, so... In like The Godfather and all those movies, there's always like a shootout in an Italian-American restaurant, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the equivalent to that in like Japanese cinema is like there's a shootout in a sushi restaurant where a bunch of businessmen are eating sushi off a naked woman. Now, uh, after saying that, I must say that I, I have no proof of backing that up. It was just like a total thing that spun off my head. I just think that's something that would be true. What, in Japanese cinema? Yeah. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so um, let's talk a little bit about the confession of uh, Daniel Wozniak. So immediately after they pick up Dan uh, eating uh, sushi at his bachelor party, they charge him with accessory to Julie's murder after the fact, uh, he did not lawyer up, which is something that uh, just speaks to the incredible arrogance and douchiness of this guy. You always lawyer up. You just you just never not lawyer up, because um, you know police can lie to you. But uh, when people don't lawyer up, it just it 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 just shows how fucking arrogant they are, mm-hmm. because immediately they go, oh, I'm. I'm going to totally talk my way out of this. They're police officers. They're totally going to believe me. I'm smarter than they are. This guy's a sweetheart. He's like my best friend. Of course he's going to believe that I didn't, you know, chop up my girlfriend. Even though I did and threw her parts in the East River. You know, that's that's just like, the, that's never the case. Dan says that... um what happened was he and Sam Hare came up with this conspiracy to commit fraud and use Wesley to take out the money. So basically what happened, this is what Dan is telling the police. He said that Sam gave him, Dan Wozniak, the ATM card and pin. And then Dan would give the ATM card and pin to Wesley and he would take out a bunch of money and Sam Hare would uh, report the card as stolen and get all his money reimbursed. So that's what Dan told the cops. He said that there's going to be, that him and Sam had this little conspiracy scheme going on. And uh, I actually have a soundbite of that. All right, let me hit it. Okay.
2: He's alleging that, that he and Sam came up with this conspiracy to com- commit fraud and use this Wesley kid to, to implement it. Dan said Sam gave him his ATM card and PIN. The plan was to have Wesley withdraw money, and then Sam would report the card stolen, so the bank would have to reimburse him. But Dan said before they had a chance to make any real money, something went wrong. I got a knock on my door. I want to say it was about 8, 8.30 in the morning. told opened the door, it was Sam. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? Everything good? He's like, not good. We're, I. We're, we're in trouble. Like, what do you mean we're in trouble? What happened? He's like, I, I can't talk about it here. We need to get the f- out of here. They rushed out of the apartment, Dan said. And as they drove, Sam dropped a bombshell. He's like, there's a dead body in my apartment. Dan said Sam told him everything.
0: Yeah, that clip was crazy, man.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, talk talk about nutty. Uh, but before they could make any real money, Sam calls Dan, and uh, Dan said that Sam got all fucked up and killed Julie. Dan said Sam threatened him. He said that uh, if you tell anybody that I killed Julie, I am going to kill you and your wife. Uh, all you could eat uh, sushi buffet. buffet. Yes. <laughs> And if Dan didn't help Sam, he was going to kill him and his wife. I said that already. Uh, He said that I had no choice but to help Sam uh, get the money. And in return for helping Sam get the money, Sam was going to give Dan a couple thousand dollars to pay for his wedding. Uh, At this point, the police uh, take some of Dan's DNA, just like they swab his uh, um, cheek. Yeah, you ever see uh, Law and Order SVU? Yeah, they mm-hmm. just swab his cheeks a little bit. And they basically, you know, pull ice iced tea, you know, where he goes, uh, yeah, this is just like just to eliminate you from any potential suspects, you know. But as soon as, like, they take his DNA, he kind of freaks out a little bit. And uh, at this point, he says he didn't see Julie's dead body, right? He never saw any of that. Police think he's lying. And, uh, and after they take the DNA, he freaks out.
0: Do we have a sound bite for that one? We do. Yeah.
2: All right.
1: I'm going to give you time to think about
2: it. I not see Julie dead in the apartment. I didn't. Were you there when she was shot? No, I was not. Are you sure about that? You're really scaring me right now. I'm not trying to scare you. But Dan did seem scared and angry. He insisted he only helped Sam after the murder, and then, only under duress. No, I have nothing to do with this because my life was in danger with my wife. I'm sorry. How was your life in danger? He threatened it. We're going give you time to think, all right?
1: And uh, Dan persists that he doesn't know what happened to Sam. And then at this point, police tell him that he is arrested Uh, for accessory to murder. Dan tries to bargain with the cops saying he'll tell them more if they could just make sure that he could be at his wedding on Friday which clearly shows just how ignorant um, (laughs) this guy is because you can't be like you know what I do know more about this murder Um, but I'd love to go on my honeymoon out of the country. Yeah 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 Yeah. If I confess, will that make everything okay? You know, <laughs> um, so like, just clearly, um, you know. And I've said this several times before in this uh, this podcast, but uh, he's just he's just an incredible douchebag, just like like grade A, you know, top notch um, fucking asshole. So so Dan's back is against the wall, and the police got him. Police got his fucking DNA. He didn't lawyer up. like a dickhead so this is the part and i said this earlier um cops can lie yeah cops can 100 percent lie to you and (laughs) they did (laughs) okay at this point you know dan wants to go to his wedding so he just blurts out that he says uh okay you know what i did see julie's body He said that because he really wants to get married, (laughs) which, you know, is funny to me because obviously he would have gotten divorced in like a week. (laughs) And then once he said he saw Julie's body, the, the police rolled the dice a little bit. And the police said that they got the DNA results back and that there was DNA on Julie's body. So Dan's back is against the wall at this point. And uh, he really wants to go to his wedding. Because I guess he really wants to get divorced. Because uh, he clearly uh, shouldn't be uh, living with anybody. Because he's clearly a douchebag. So he thinks he's being clever. And he's going to give the cops something. So Dan says that he saw Julie's body. And uh, once he said that. Uh, the police were like, you know, they doubled down and they're like, oh, you saw his body. Then they lie to him. And the police said, we got the DNA results back and your DNA was on Julie's body. So the police keep on pressing him. Why was your DNA on her body? And, uh, he kept on saying like, I don't know. I was on, I was in the apartment. And then the cops were like, the DNA doesn't fall off your body. That's not how DNA works, you know? And then uh, Dan was like, uh, it's not. And, you know, it was just, um, it was really terrible. And uh, then the police asked Dan, uh, what did you see? And Dan says that he saw two gunshot wounds in her head. Now, this was a phenomenal fuck up. Uh, Because if you look at the crime scene photos, the way Julie's body was positioned, you could not see two gunshot wounds in her head. You could only see one? Yeah, or or none. I don't know what exactly it looked Mm -hmm. like, but it, it was obvious that the only person that would have known that there was two gunshot wounds to her head... Was the person that murdered her. Mm-hmm. So, immediately, uh, the detectives were like, you said you saw that. And then he tried to backtrack and was like, no, 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 no. Sam told me that he shot her twice. And the detectives were like, that's not what you said, dickhead. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you said that... You saw two gunshot wounds. How do you know what two gunshot wounds look like? You're lying. You're an idiot. One of them says you're a bad actor, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like, it's, it's like if you arrest a comedian and you're just like, you're not funny, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, so Dan's in real, real big trouble here. So um, he calls his uh, girlfriend, Rachel. I think in the back of his mind, he, he knows that he's never going to get away with this and it's completely fucked, but there's still that like little sliver of hope, you know? And, uh, as I said before, uh, Rachel is like a uh, super hot. <laughs> <laughs> do you
0: have the clip for the call to Rachel? What did you do? I
2: helped Sam cover some stuff up and get some drugs that's it I didn't murder anybody babe why on earth would you try and cover for him because we needed the money no we never need money we need to be good people and just have each other
1: I'm sorry Yeah, call was crazy so um basically what happened was uh, uh Dan calls Rachel And uh, he says he didn't murder anyone. He just helped Sam cover up a murder. And then uh, Rachel says that she bumped into Dan's brother, Tim. And she told Tim that uh, Dan got arrested. And that Tim started freaking out. and said he had all this evidence. And then as soon as Dan heard this, Dan starts freaking out. And uh, Rachel insists, that she's going to the police because clearly this conversation was being recorded, which I guess is something that slipped Dan's mind. I don't think he ever considered that. He never considered that. So once again, like, um, he's clearly a sociopath and an evil person. But on top of all that, uh, a fucking idiot when it comes to crime. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, without being super specific, he, like, super incriminates himself. So uh, as soon as... Rachel says, I'm going to go to the police because Tim, your brother, has evidence. Uh, Dan says, and you got to love this. Dan says, uh, then, then I'm doomed. Then I'm doomed. And then he tries to talk Rachel out of it. and uh, uh,
0: Rachel's like, no, babe, I'm going to
1: do it. No, he, yeah. No, babe, I'm going to do it. Like, So you could clearly see that... Uh, like, like, this is the point of the story. Like, you could see who loves who more. <laughs> you know, true. right? Clearly, like, Rachel is Dan's, like, like, moon and stars and, like, just the universe to this guy. And uh, for Rachel, Dan is like, dominoes. <laughs> He's, like, convenient, you know. You want to get better pizza, but this is all right for now. So as soon as Rachel... Says, look, I'm going to go to the detectives. I'm going to tell them what Tim got. Uh, at this point, Dan fucking gives up. <laughs> <laughs> he, he just goes, okay, you know what, fine. And he calls the detectives back in. And he just straight up confesses. Now, I don't know how many hours he was in that room. You know, usually you usually hear about confessions. Especially with like... Um, coerced confessions or false confessions you know they'll be like he was in that confession room for like 12 hours you know 20 hours you know and i mean i don't know it seems like this guy was like
0: yeah you like walked in there and he, they were like hey what can we do for you and he's like
1: oh. i did it yeah <laughs> yeah it's like 15 minutes later he's like he's like oh god i can't you know it's like oh he got me under the uh you know the hot lights, and he's like, "What are you talking about? This room is it's just it's just fluorescent lighting. I don't understand what you're saying. This is not the '20s." <laughs> so anyway, he confesses. He says that he killed Sam and Julie. That what happened was, that he convinced Sam to drive him to a theater to uh, help him move some boxes from the attic. So Sam was helping him move some boxes. And then Dan shoots him once. And, and uh, Sam And Sam says, uh, he said something along the lines of, you know, ow. Get some help. Get some help. It feels like I got electrocuted. Mm-hmm. Like, it clearly, he didn't know he got shot. Mm-hmm. And at that point, um, uh, Dan shot him again. And this time, he killed him. He took Sam's cell phone, which was a flip phone, mm-hmm. which is going to come into play a little bit later and then he performs in the musical nine and apparently does a great job
0: yeah apparently he like closes the show yeah
1: yeah apparently he's like super good so while he's performing in nine during all the backstage time uh he's texting julie with sam's phone and he's saying hey julie can you meet me at midnight alone no sex i just want to talk all this bullshit you know and then that night, he ends up meeting Julie at uh, at Sam's apartment, and he plays dumb. And mm-hmm. he's like, did Sam ask you over here too? He's like, he asked me over here too. It's, this is crazy, you know? And then he's like, I got a key, and he lets Julie in. Um, then he says he goes to the bathroom to load the gun because he was really nervous. And then he said something along the lines of, did you see what's on Sam's bed? Mm-hmm. And then, as soon as she leaned over, he put two in her head, and then made it look like a sexual assault. Um. So at this point, the guys, uh, you know, like, fucking. I mean, especially when you think that this all stems from paying for a wedding. <laughs> a wedding. A wedding. Yeah. Which
0: yeah.
1: Uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like. If you ever met and talked to actors, anybody who's, like, never known an actor before would be, like, completely 100% baffled. (laughs) But, like, I know actors. And, like, I'm not saying that any of the actors I know would do this, but, like, I can see how, like, people that act... Because actors are very, like extreme they um, they fucking go for it yeah yeah
0: yeah they're emotive
1: yeah exactly so like so like if someone's acting yeah if, if someone's like profession is pretending to be someone else like i think a part of this guy the whole time when he was murdering his people he just kind of like assumed the role of someone else mm-hmm. like he didn't think of himself as the one doing it
0: yeah, yeah, he kind of, like, separated himself from exactly. the actual actions.
1: Yeah, the guy has some, like, personality disorder thing. And his fiance is an actor. This whole story is turning into one big, fucked-up, like, version of La La Land. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, where everyone's uh, getting murdered. So, uh, he ends up killing Julie. Makes it look like sexual assault. And then, okay, the next day he goes back to the theater that he ends up murdering Sam in and he ends up dismembering Sam's body with an axe. He ends up cutting off his head and his hands because I clearly I think he's seen the wire. So um, he knew that if he did that, uh, they couldn't identify him. But, I mean, if you've seen more than, like, two episodes of Forensic Files, you know that, like, if somebody has tattoos, you just, you know, forget about it. So, I mean, I don't know. It was a good way to send him off, you know, his path. Yeah,
0: I guess yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. And, and then I guess he ended up, like, burying the like body yeah. parts or whatever in, like, various parks and whatnot. Yeah,
1: well, he, he dumped, um, he left the torso in the attic and he dumped the head... And hands in a park, mm-hmm. national an park, um, and uh, so there's this part that I want you guys to listen to, where uh, the police ask him like what he was like when he was doing it, and the guy said he was smiling and laughing. So let's
0: uh, uh, here. I'll play a clip of that. Okay.
1: okay. Um, what was going
2: on in your mind when you were uh, uh, dismembering the body, dismembering Sam's body? I was actually smiling and laughing. Okay. Why do you think you were doing that? I don't know. It reached a point where I couldn't even believe that I was doing this. I I don't know. I don't know.
0: Wow, that's frightening.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. So, after he did that, the next night, after committing a double murder, he does another performance at 9, of 9. um.
0: And, uh... And then, the don't the police come and talk to uh, Sam Harris' father the next day to inform him of the murder?
1: Yes, he does, and, uh this poor fucking dude. Well, yeah, so he says this.
2: Steve Hare, Sam's dad, remembers when police showed up at his door. They came in and they said, uh, Sam's been found, he was murdered. And for whatever reason I said, I don't know what made me say this, at least he wasn't dismembered, okay? The next morning I get a call uh, from the Costa Mesa police and said, Steve, before you find out, we just want to let you know Sam was dismembered. And that's when I just lost it.
0: Yeah,
1: that's just tragic. Yeah, it's it's really really bad. Um, okay, but then so then he goes to prison, and then uh, once he's in prison, he says uh, he changes his story. He says he wasn't involved. And uh, if you if anybody's in um, really likes the uh, series Lockup, which is about dudes in prison, uh, he's featured on a on an episode of Lockup. And uh, I'll be honest. I saw the lockup episode before I knew the case. And when I saw it, I was like, I think this guy's innocent. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's he seems like a pretty genuine dude. Which goes to show you just like... Total soci- sociopath. Socio- well, yeah, but also like the dude can act a little bit. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, like... I Not that we want to say anything nice about the guy, but the guy's an actor. Uh, anyway... <laughs> He can act. All right. You know, you could say Ted Bundy was charming.
0: You could say uh, Woody Allen's a good director. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: You could say that, you know, Roman Polanski survived the Holocaust. You could say a lot of things. Oh, God, we're going to hell. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. Those people are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, now the question is, was Rachel involved? It's a big question because there's several pieces of evidence that point to Rachel's involvement in the murder. Um, we'll just go over a few. Uh, Rachel, at first, she was arrested and charged with accessory to murder. But, you know, she's kind of, like, backtracking a bit. Like, people were like, oh, she was in love with the dude. She would totally, like, solve it. But here's her saying that she wasn't that in love with the guy. Well, yeah, let's hear it from her words. Okay. All right. I wasn't head over heels in love, but I was okay with it. Huh. Sounds <laughs> like she's not really into that dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I think that's, like, 100% complete bullshit. Like, if the person you were involved with or married with turns out they were an accessory to murder and then you being involved with them could also go down i would also be like i don't know who the fuck that person was you know she just ended up you know in my bed one day and you know
0: yeah and and you know she was way out of this dude's league too yeah like crazy
1: yeah I mean she is
0: uh yeah I mean like it was just like there was something nefarious at foot.
1: I mean, you know uh she's gorgeous, the guy that looks like Shrek <laughs> but at the same time he's like this charming actor dude like he, uh, he has, I, I
0: get it He yeah. has a
1: good voice he's like he, he is handsome, yeah, in a
0: non-classically handsome way.
1: Oh fish way
0: sure like if if you think the lead singer of smash mouth is hot
1: (laughs) he's like the fred durst of the ocean county community theater (laughs) Uh, whatever the fuck that means uh rachel says that the day of the murder may 21st 2010 that dan was acting like super duper weird she said that rachel saw sam with dan And that she did not actually see uh, Sam with a dude in a black hat. So she's backtracking. Uh,
0: Saying she never saw Wesley
1: right? No, 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 no. It's not Wesley. It's not Wesley? It's not no, Wesley. Wesley. Who, who's the guy in the black hat? Then? It's just a fucking figment of this this person's imagination. They just made him up.
0: Well, because Wesley was wearing the black hat when he did the ATM machine.
1: It wasn't Wesley. They're not talking about Wesley.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. I totally missed that. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam, Sam and Wesley never even remotely met. Sam was way dead before Wesley even became part of the plot of the scheme so so
0: the man in the black hat is like the their, yeah you know they're fictional like maybe you
1: just read the gunslinger from <laughs> from stephen yeah. king you know yeah and they're like the man in black
0: follows
1: you know yeah or who knows you know m- maybe it would have
0: or was that dark tower yeah yeah gunslinger dark yeah. tower yeah Oh, yeah, that was
1: the person. The, the Man in Black, you know. It's it, it's lucky they didn't just watch, like, The Wizard of Oz. It would have been like, he was with a straw man, you know, and a <laughs> lion and a tin man, you know. Like, uh, clearly, people suck at lying.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> when she was in the play 9, uh, people say she was crying. She was crying in the play, like her 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 character was supposed to cry. But they said that she really had a hard time crying. So the police think that the reason why she had such an easy time crying was because she knew that Sam Hare was dead, which I love, because they're basically saying, this girl, as an actress, fucking sucked. And she couldn't cry for shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so and then all of a sudden... You know, all of a
1: sudden, <laughs> she started being able to cry. So clearly, she knew that her fiancé murdered a dude <laughs> because... Uh, uh, you know, when it comes when it comes to acting on stage, you know, usually she would just shit the bed. <laughs> <laughs> but she was spot on. But you know, uh Rachel says that like, you know, she just thought about like puppies or something and she just like was able to cry that night. I I don't know. She, yeah, I
0: don't know how true that is. Yeah,
1: maybe she was thinking of like the end of Braveheart or something. That's or what, Old Yeller. Old Yeller, you know that's what I cry to is yeah. is, is the end of Braveheart, Fre- freedom, you know that that part, or um, I don't know, uh, born on the Fourth of July or something like that. Oh yeah, like that's that. a tough one. Yeah, it's it's a tough one to watch. All right. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so either either she watched Born of the Fourth of July or she knew that her fiance murdered a dude. Uh one or the other. And will we know which one is which? I don't know. Who knows? The next thing police looked at is they said that um Sam had a flip phone and that Dan had a smartphone. So, which means if uh Rachel Since Dan was back texting Julie on Sam's phone, Rachel would have seen Dan texting on a flip phone, which obviously is not his, Mm -hmm. right? So why wouldn't she have been like, what the fuck are you doing?
0: Is that a burner? Texting, Another girlfriend? Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. another girlfriend. Or are you, you know, are you dealing meth? One or the other, you know? Why wasn't she like that, you know? Yeah, she just let it slide. She just let it slide. Or she 100% just didn't see her texting. Didn't see him texting yeah, yeah, on yeah. the phone. So one or the other. I could see both things happening. Like, when I was in a relationship, you know, I didn't see my girlfriend always texting all the time. Always. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, it's like it's one of those things. Like, police will always get, like, super duper way more suspicious than they have to, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. And, like, when you're in, a like, a relationship, you know, it's not like, or at least in my case, it's not like you're, like, paying attention to what they're doing, like, 24-7, yeah. you know? It's, like, pretty autonomous for the most part. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, so, I mean, it's one of those things where it's, like, you know, police are like, um, Dan had a smartphone. He was texting on a flip phone. Rachel saw it. There's no way she didn't fucking see it. She is involved in the murder. But I'm more like maybe she just wasn't there yeah that's a very good possibility like he
0: was backstage maybe she was on stage who
1: knows dan had how to hide a body oh okay (laughs) Okay. (laughs) okay so so um another thing is that they shared a computer and on the computer on the google search you know because dan's like uh like like
0: he's a criminal mastermind. Yeah,
1: like like Michael Corleone here, you know. <laughs> Dan has on Google he he wrote in how to hide a body and a quick way to kill people. So, just clearly hitting on all cylinders <laughs> when it, <laughs> when it comes to murder. <laughs> There's also something going on where there was um Julie face facebook messaged rachel rachel and then rachel facebook messaged julie back and i think um i think julie's facebook message to rachel first was something like i saw your fiance, you're getting married congrats and then rachel's facebook message was uh yeah i hope Yeah, let's hang out by the pool soon. Let's hang out by the pool soon. I hope my fiancé is not murdering you right now. (laughs) Well,
0: what what the thing with that was, was it coincided with, like, basically... uh, The time. The the murder time. Yeah. Was Rachel's response, and that's why it was weird.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know what I think that is? I think that's Dan trying to cover his tracks.
0: I think so, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's Dan... um, Trying to be like this is a good way for me to be like oh you know um, everything's wasn't, all good with everyone. Rachel wasn't involved. Then okay, so the last piece is like Dan. Um,
0: right, right when Dan was initially arrested, and he wasn't. It was before he confessed to the murders. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was still kind of doing like the Sam is the murderer alibi. Yeah, Rachel comes in. ...to a detective interview, right?
1: Well, I think it's actually, like, I think it's after Dan is... is... No, no,
0: it was before all that. Because it was while uh, Dan was still supporting the uh, Sam murder narrative. And then uh, Rachel and Dan have, like, this kind of, like, staged rapport, like, in the interview room in front of police officers...
1: Well, we're gonna to have to rewatch it because I thought it was after. No,
0: it was before.
1: It was before. All right. Okay. We could
0: just skip that part. We could skip that part. <laughs>
1: this whole part is getting erased. Um, or is it? Well, yeah, <laughs> it may not be. But you know, but here's what I think. I think uh, when all said and done, um, I I believe Rachel wasn't involved.
0: Really. Yeah, I'd like to think that she was involved. I mean, I, I'd like to think, and <laughs> grant, granted, you know, I'm, I'm always, uh, you know, big into big conspiracy theories. Yeah, and I'd like to think that she was behind all of it.
1: well you know it would make sense in a couple ways like like rachel is like the perfect femme fatale exactly
0: and like you know dan you know granted you know he's a great actor but he's like a bigger dude and i know that she could control this guy like crazy oh yeah
1: he's a complete oaf you know a hundred percent that he never dated anyone as attractive as rachel exactly and that she had him wrapped around his finger Mm -hmm. so you know what maybe she tricked me as well yeah, I th- yeah, I, maybe I saw through the veil. She she has <laughs> me wrapped around her finger. <laughs> she 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 pulled the wool over my eyes as well because even as I'm saying this, I still believe in her innocence. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I I would be the dude that helps her drive her to Canada. <laughs> All right, so um anyway uh, there's a really long trial. Uh, it takes something like. Five years, which is obviously very awful for the families of the victims uh, Sam Hare and um, Julie K- K- uh,
0: Kibu-ish...
1: uh, Kibu-ishi. Kibu-i... Well... Kibuishi. Anyway, it takes a really long time, but he, um, he ends up getting convicted and he's uh, sentenced to death. Uh, which is a good thing because uh, the guy is a huge deuce bag. Rachel, she's free. Yeah, she's free to go. She's she's yeah, all good. She's, she's in the clan. She's
0: fine. Yeah, she can finish her so, acting career. And- yeah,
1: I don't know. Like I think there's a there's a part of me that is worried that she's gonna use this to her advantage
0: how so elaborate well, on that
1: because she's gonna like she'll write a book she'll write a play she'll write a, a, a made for tv version you know let, what let, be-
0: let's beat her to the punch and let's write a musical about this
1: yeah but where she doesn't
0: yeah yeah okay where she's the mastermind okay
1: i mean there there's no happy ending two amazing people got murdered for no reason it was completely senseless and horrible um but at least the person who did it at least one of the people that did it is, uh, you know, going. He's gonna, he's gonna die. It's gonna take a while. It's gonna take like ten, fifteen years, California. But California is pretty good at killing people.
0: Yeah, overcrowding
1: n- and all that. They're not like Texas or Florida, but I think
0: Texas is pretty good about it.
1: I exactly. They're not like Texas and Florida, mm. where where like you know, if you get the death penalty, you're dead like the week next week. Yeah. Uh, not factually true. That's just a little yeah, hy- hyper- hyperbole. Yeah, just something you know. But I think California is pretty good for. It. I think California has the uh, the gas chamber.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Which is that's terrifying.
1: Yeah. There's no. I don't. I have no idea how that's not against a cruel and unusual punishment because that's a fucked up way to die. It would be pretty good if if that's how um, Daniel Wozniak went.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I I'd prefer not to think about things like that. But. Sure. Okay. Well,
1: it's getting a little. It's getting a little uh, morbid. But uh, the bottom line is, um, uh, Daniel Wozniak is uh, clearly getting what he deserves. And um, just a quick side note, like that's something that you can uh, expect on this podcast. I'm not going to do any unsolved shit because it's too frustrating.
0: I can agree with that. Yeah. And and can I also make note that I only laugh when I'm nervous?
1: Just a side note. Nobody thinks you're uh, insensitive. I think we did a, a really good job on like maybe some of the parts we made light of, but we didn't make light of like the victims. Or it.
0: the tragedy of the situation.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I've been your host, uh, Aaron Black, and this has been... Nikki Luna.
0: Nicholas Luna.
1: Yep. And uh, you have been listening to um, uh, Love is Amazing, but it's also bullshit and get you murdered. Uh, so just remember that, you know, everything that uh, everybody wants in this world uh, can become a fucking nightmare. All right. Goodbye. All right. Bye-bye.
0: Love is
2: amazing, but it's also bullshit, and it might also get you murdered.